the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, February 19th, 2020. Welcome to the 275th edition of the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Flyers continue to play good hockey as they fight for a playoff spot. The Sixers will come out of the All-Star break in fifth place, 12 and a half games out of first place. The Phillies are in camp with what looks like a fresh attitude. The Eagles need linebackers after releasing Nigel Bradham. Ryan Newman somehow survives a horrific accident at the finish line of the Daytona 500 and actually walked out of the hospital today. And yes, Penn State Nittany Lions basketball team is ranked number nine in the country, then turn around and get knocked off. And we have... Random Q2 tonight as well. We are jam-packed. So we have nothing to talk about. No, that's never the case on the Philly sports scene. The Bradham release, not a big surprise. The Phillies are getting ready to play some actual spring training games down in Florida. Great to see Ryan Newman walk out of the hospital today. That was just just amazing, 42 hours after the accident. And uh, I'm looking forward to the final third of the NBA season now that the All-Star game is behind us. And we're going to see how the two new Sixers newcomers fit in during this stretch run. Yeah, well, and uh, like you said, there's a lot of talk to talk about, but let's start out with your Nittany Lions. They reach number nine. They've been selling out the Bryce Jordan Center, then they turn around and lose at home to Illinois. Yeah, tough loss. Strangely, they, they did sell out a couple of games. I think they sold one out against Minnesota two Saturdays ago, but there were just 9,500 in attendance for the game against Illinois last night, and the Illini did pull off the upset. But still, as you noted, the Lions are number nine in the country with some big games coming up next week. Road games at Indiana and number 20, Iowa, with a tough home game against the solid Rutgers team in between. So, despite the loss to Illinois, Bill, I'm going to give the Lions one of these. Right here. Well, and they deserve it, Jet. They're playing good. Uh, you know, the big thing is, how, how are they going to do once they get to the Big Ten tournament? And, of course, I think their ticket is probably already punched to the dance with the yeah. uh, with just six losses. So they should be good there, um, even if they early out somehow in the tournament. But they, they got a pretty good club, so it would be good to see, uh, you know, how far they can advance in this Big Ten tournament. Yeah, and that's not going to be easy. The Big Ten is really, really strong this year, one of the best conferences in the country. So uh, if they make a strong showing there, that'll give people a reason for optimism. So go Lions. Yes, sir. Hey, and, and Chet, we mentioned Ryan Newman. I know you are not a huge uh, uh, NASCAR fan, but I don't think there was any. You don't have to be a NASCAR fan to have seen the the wreck that happened at the finish line of the Daytona 500, and uh, knowing that there was not much chance, at least it looked like from from our perspective, that Ryan Newman was even going to live. Yeah. let alone be walking out of the hospital already. Just tremendous. Yeah, just amazing. I mean, I, of course, saw the news that night, and then the next morning they showed it uh, on repeat. And uh, you never would have thought that he'd be, you know, apparently not much injured at all. I mean, you compare what happened to him to what happened to Dale Earnhardt, 
uh, 19 years ago. That looked very minor, and Earnhardt ended up, you know, dying in the crash. And this one, you never thought, as you said, that he'd be able to uh, survive, let alone walk away 42 hours later. But just amazing. Clearly, the technology is better now. And, you know, congratulations to Ryan Newman, and best of luck, and hopefully we'll see you back racing again soon. That's right. And, and you know, the, the Dale Earnhardt accident is why the safety things yeah. have been increased so much. And, uh, you know, uh, Dale didn't have that whole neck brace thing that the guys wear now and, and all that. That all came as a result of, of Dale's accident. And uh, just just unbelievable the, the safety that those guys have in, in those cars um, for him to actually be able to come out of there not only, uh, you know, not only alive, but to be able to walk away basically uninjured. Just Absolutely, tremendous. yep. Hey, let's talk some hockey, well, shall we? It's tremendous. Let's talk Flyers. They've won nine of their last 12 after last night's win against Columbus. They continue to play good hockey. They have to because the, the competition's playing good hockey. And we're going to get the inside scoop tonight from Flyers legend Brian Prop. Proper, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. Yeah, how you doing tonight? All right. All right. Hey, Brian, that's Bill. This is Chet. Thanks for joining us once again. Almost a year to the day since your last visit, by the way. And just days after you turned another year older, so we say, first of all, a belated happy birthday to you, Proper. Yeah, thank you. It was a nice weekend for me. Good for you. Good for you. All right. As Bill said, with their Tuesday night win over the visiting Columbus Blue Jackets, the Flyers now have the fifth most points in the Eastern Conference, but of at the same time, they're just a couple of points from being left out of the playoffs entirely. The East is that good this year. Are you surprised, though, how much the Flyers have improved and how dominant they are at home? Uh, yeah, because uh, but but we knew that they had two really good goalies, and that makes a big difference, especially at home. Uh, like they, they win all the time at home, which is uh, key for the playoffs. And uh, but lately, they haven't uh, had that many shots against which is really, really good. Their defense has really done really well. Hey, Proper, you mentioned goaltenders, and that's right where I wanted to, wanted you to go. We're getting down to the three quarters of the season in the books. Uh, is it time to decide on one, or can they go into the playoffs with two and, and play, you know, rotate, not play a hot goalie? Uh, how do you see that? Is, it, is that something that they need to settle in on one now? I think that they're going to wait uh, at the end of the season because uh, if, if one guy gets hot, maybe they'll just go with uh, with Hart or, or uh, the other goalie. So, the, but uh, if, you know, as they're playing well now on the road and away, the two goalies they'll you know, have a chance to to kind of make a name for themselves. But Hart, uh, I think you know he's doing really well, and he just came back from the injury, and so. But you know, he's a future of future now yeah and not only has Hart played well but Brian Elliott has as you mentioned uh goaltending is certainly a key but another key has been the fact that the defense is clearly better than it was a year ago the defense last year sometimes a mess and they used seven or eight different goalies which didn't help the defense either am I right that the defense has played a lot better this year Provorov Sanheim and the leaders in terms of plus minus among defensemen two young guys Phil Myers and Robert Haig how do you like this defense yeah, like yeah, they're young, uh, but they, they go into play, go into the play all the time. They're not afraid of uh, getting uh, you know burnt, beat, and uh, so that's what I like about them. They're tough to play against. Even the better teams in the league hate hate to play against them. 
because they pro- pressure all the time. But the, the defense has been much, much better, uh, more cons- 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 conservative, and, uh, and, you know, it's been uh, nice to see. Plus, well, probably they, they, I think that – I think that I think that uh, I heard last night that uh, the, the the top team for uh, goal uh, defense goals. Yeah, well, one of, one of the things that I keep a close eye on in, in stats wise, um, and I brought this up probably it's been a month ago, is the goal for goal against differential, and the Flyers had just made it back to zero. They had been negative, and here we are, sixty games in, and they're plus twenty. Uh, that's certainly a good sign that they're getting good to- goaltending, but they've actually got some goal scoring now. Oh yeah, and so so if you don't have to score that much, it makes a big difference. You can leave leave the uh, lead at the start, and uh, the goalies uh, back you up. And uh, but yeah, it's 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 much easier to win to 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 play when you have a lead. Uh, but the goalies have been helping. Uh, but the defense has been doing really well, and and I really like the coaches have done. Like they're, they're, they're concerned, uh, you know, their penalty kill has been done uh, a really good job uh, this last year. Brian, the trade deadline is the 24th, I believe, next Monday. I saw something yesterday about the Flyers perhaps considering making a deal with the Kings to bring Jeff Carter, now 35, back to Philly. Do you think they might consider Jeff Carter? Do you think they'll make some kind of a deal in the next five or six days? I don't know. When you, when you have a guy that's uh, 35, uh, it's just kind of a rental uh, and then maybe uh, you know at this time they have a, a lot of good young players, and so sometimes that can hurt because uh, the you know they're used to playing together and then to break up the the line, you know, and, and have somebody that's not not a part of it, you know, then take take somebody else's out. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, another young guy uh, proper that's really turned it on this year, had a great season so far. Is that Travis connecting? How? How do you see his improvement over the course of just one season? He's really stepped it up well. Yeah, well, he's a good good player. Like he's uh, fast, uh, but he, he's uh, feisty. I like that about him, and uh, he doesn't let it doesn't back up from anybody. Uh, but you know, in his first All Star game, so like uh, I think he got some confidence from that. Uh, but but overall, it's kind of the, the the team that's playing better defense, and so they give them they give them a chance to win every game. And uh, when you have two good goalies, and then you, you even if you tie it and you go into overtime, you know that you have a chance to to win more games. At that time last year, you know we weren't, you know, you, you didn't know if the goalie was going to stop one, but you know now now it makes a big difference with two good goalies. Hey Brian, uh, does Claude Giroux get unfairly criticized by fans? He's been here a long time. He's you know setting some records. He got another one last night, passing Bobby Clark in terms of power play assists. Uh, I know Bill sometimes thinks that Giroux gets unfairly criticized by fans. What's your take? Uh, yeah, well, he's a, a very consistent player, and uh, you know I think that the way that he, he played this year, like uh, hasn't has many points, uh, but the team is 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 better for it. Uh, because, uh, you know, I noticed that the last couple of years, uh, like everybody that was on the power play, they, they, they played for a minute and 30 and didn't give the young guys a chance. And I think with a new coach, like he changes them every, every, every minute. So, uh, you know, that made a big difference, you know, with the confidence that the second power play has. And, uh, you know, that really does make a difference of, of uh, being a leader with the team. 
And you know, Proper, assuming Giroux is a flyer next year, he will pass you and move into third place in terms of points on the team's all-time scoring list. You have 849. He's got like 804 or something like that. You okay with that? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I was only I was only there for eleven years. He was there. He'll be there a little longer. And uh, you know, but you know, I, I'm happy where I was. You know, at that that time. But you know, I'm, I'm still happy that I have a thousand points, which is tough to get. Uh, you know, he's got another couple hundred points to, before he gets to a thousand points. Yep. Well, speaking of that, Brian, thousand four points. You're number ninety on the all-time NHL scoring list. Uh, I, I've I've said many times I think Brian Propp is a is a overlooked star and and certainly uh, should be getting more consideration for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, well, you know I, I like my stats, uh, especially in the playoffs. That, that that's where where it counts. You know, I was in five Stanley Cup Finals. I was in the in the, the playoffs uh, my first thirteen years uh, consecutive. Uh, you know, but I always. Uh, Played where it where it counted, and then you know by by playing with Team Canada a couple times, and uh, the you know the World Championships, uh, you know for Team Canada, and for you know being the top player in uh, major hockey uh, in 1999, uh, like uh, you know that that's a good uh, good story for me to talk about, and uh, yeah, but I think I'm more proud with the, my my uh, points in the playoffs because that's where it counts. Mm-hmm. And by the way, 60 games into the season, no flyer has more than 40 penalty minutes. That's a little different from the 70s and 80s, is it not? <laughs> yeah, well, it's changed a lot, and uh, yeah, but yeah, but they're uh, you know they're they're faster. Uh, like they don't take many penalties, and so that's the way the game is played now. Like you, you, you don't really need a tough guy anymore. Uh, you just as long as you uh, play a balanced uh, lines and have a chance to give you a chance to, uh, to win every game, you know, that that's what counts. And I think that they're building to the really good, good spot where they're the last uh, 20 year games, like they can take off. And then, then uh, you, as you know, uh, you get into playoffs and, and everybody has a chance after that. Well, proper. We know, uh, and we talked briefly about the flyers struggling on the road. Um, is that a team mindset? I mean, they're 13, 15, and three on the road, 25 and four at home. Is that a mindset, or how do you get out of that? Let's call it a funk for one of a better word. Uh, you know, you've got to play the rest, half of the rest of your games on the road. How do you, how do you clear this out of the way? Well, I think that you just got to be play with confidence. And then uh, if you win your home games and then you have to win your away games, you know, then it starts adding up. Like you know, like you know, the last uh, month, like the, they're picking up more, more, more points, and so that's why they're in the playoffs right now uh, because they're, they're consistent. Uh, like you know, even if they get high and then they have a chance to uh, shoot out or overtown, you know, it, it all starts adding up. And but you know, they're right there, and I think that a couple other teams are pretty score, scared now because uh, you know, at this time of the year, a lot of teams fall backwards. And then, uh, then you, then that, that's how they, they get much better because they're balanced and they have good defense, they have good goaltending, and everyone's going to be scared to, to play against the Flyers. Hey, Proper, baseball is dealing with a bit of a cheating scandal these days. When you played in the NHL, other than some guys maybe using an illegal stick, was there any sort of cheating that took place whereby players or teams would do something outside the rules to try to gain an edge? 
I don't know. That's that's too tough. I mean, uh, because uh, uh, the only thing I can think is the goalies have, have too much uh, equipment on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that they monitor that too. But uh, it's 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 pretty easy even now. You know, like just uh, not much cheap, cheap cheating going on on that. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, proper when the, the overtime that the NHL has instituted with the. It, to me, is the most exciting five minutes there is. Um, how would you like to have been a part of that you know, on a full-time basis? Oh, I would have loved it because the three-on-three? Three? Are you kidding me? Uh, I, I would have <laughs> loved that, you know, especially playing with, like, uh, Mark Howe and Brad McCrimmon or, or Dave Poulin or Kerm and, uh, you know, these guys. I mean, yeah, oh, that, that, I, I could have scored a lot of goals more after that. <laughs> and, and shootouts, too, but you know, we, we probably don't even go get to the overtime. But, uh, you know, we had good teams. And three-on-three, uh, three, we, we loved that because uh, we had, uh, you know, uh, great players and good, good goalies. and so. But we were always on the end, in their end. Well, Brian, we've, of course, talked with you in the past about the fact that you had a very serious stroke four and a half years ago. You're continuing to get better, obviously. You know, we have you on here. We've talked to you. We see you out in the public a lot. Do you feel totally like yourself yet, or is there still some more to go? Uh, no, the only thing that I have is, like, my, my right fingers don't work that well and uh, my right side a little bit. But other than that, like, I, I do a lot of uh, the same things. Like, I skate twice a week with a group of guys I know at uh, Pentawket Skate Zone Wednesday and Friday mornings and, uh, you know, play, play a lot of golf in the, in the summer. And, and uh, you know, just uh, I'm out a lot uh, with the Flyers as their ambassador, so I'm at, at their every home game. And with Bancroft, I'm with their ambassador. And, and uh, you know, just with, with Wolf Commercial, you know, I'm in the office almost every day. So I like to stay busy and, uh, yeah, and soon, uh, in another week, I might have my own Gaffaw cigars ready uh, to order. Oh, nice. Awesome. Hey, I want to follow up. I was there at the Sports Writers Banquet a couple of years ago when you were honored with the Most Courageous Award. What a great night. And I think you said this that night. I'm not sure. I want to see if it is legit. Is it true that in the first couple of months after you suffered the stroke, the only words you could say were Bernie Perrant? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, like uh, it took me a long time uh, because I couldn't talk at the start, and uh, I had to relearn with my brain even how to how to talk. Uh, but uh, I've come a long way from there. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it it was a struggle at the start. I wasn't sure if I, I'd ever get better, but uh, I did a couple things that helped helped me. I I know that uh, I did some cell uh treatment in Colorado which made a big difference uh, with my speech at that time. Uh, I I took the cells from my hip and then uh, circulated the blood and then took the cells and put it back in my body. But I noticed from that point on uh, a huge improvement with my speech, which was was key. But, you know, now uh, I'm out a lot. I I talk with different people. I'm I'm more comfortable. Uh, You know, I I don't have to search for words every once in a while. So, it, uh, you know, it's been uh, really uh, nice of me to keep improving. I think you speak better than Bill, by the way. <laughs> well, that's not, don't, don't that's not hard, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I know a bunch of hockey players that don't uh, speak that well either. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
egg proper before we let you go uh as the season closes down you're going to make a fearless forecast on uh the Flyers are going to get in in the top six. They're going to make the seventh or eighth spot, or they're going to fall out. What, what do you think? No, no, they're they're they're, they're going to be in uh, for sure. Uh, they're getting strong as the year goes on, and uh, and, and uh, they'll be in the top six for sure. Fantastic. All right. All right. Well, proper. We appreciate you coming by, taking the time to join us. Uh, as always, fantastic. And uh, let's do it again. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks Brian. All righty. You know, I'm a big fan of our Philly sports teams, and I'm also a huge fan of the Irish Rover Station House. For one thing, there's a great variety of food and drink, a terrific menu, plus lunch specials, dinner specials, happy hour specials, and always 24 beers on tap. But beyond that, there's friendly, competent folks working there. The bartenders and wait staff will take real good care of you. There are live bands most Saturdays. One of my favorites, Big Whiskey, is there this Saturday night. And acoustic duos are there many Sunday afternoons. Check it out for yourself. The Irish Rover Station House is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn and on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. And you know, Bill, it was 46 years ago this week that the debut album from Kiss was released. You know, Chad, I, I, I have a real quick story about Kiss. Mm. I, I went and saw them back when I was maybe 18, 19. Yep. yep. And, and, you know, they were kind of like a, a teeny boppers uh, group. We, we took a girl I was dating at the time. We took her little brother. Um, and here we are 46 years later, and not since <laughs> I was in high school, but uh, they're still here. They're still here. Who'd still have here. Still here on their uh, what's said to be their farewell tour. And I saw them, in fact, last March. And I also saw them in March of 76. I told the, this story before, I think. That was my very first concert, seeing Kiss at the Harrisburg Farm Show Arena. I was a teenager. I remember my sister dropped my buddy PJ and me off for the concert. And there were uh, a couple of dozen people protesting outside the Irish, or not the Irish, the Harrisburg Farm Show Arena because they thought this was the devil's music, you know? Oh, my goodness. Well, I saw them at the Spectrum, and I'm going to say it was around 76, 77, some, maybe 78, somewhere in that in yeah. that time frame. There you go. So, hey, uh, one, one quick note uh, following up on Proper's interview, which was fantastic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played 160 playoff games and had 148 points, almost a point a game in the playoffs to, to his point. The guy doesn't get there enough credit. Um for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, and he said he's uh, probably even more proud of that than what he did in the regular season games, and he should be. That's you know, it gets a little tougher in the playoffs, and he was certainly a money guy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chet, uh, time for random Q2. Tell the li- week two. Tell the listeners how it works, and let's do it. All righty. Yes, Bill, we've uh, brought Random Q2 back for a fourth straight winter now. And as was the case in previous years, Random Q2 is a fun 10-week series where over two minutes or so each week, I hit Bill with two questions. One, about a sports topic, something timely usually, while the second question will be one of 10 random questions that have already been written down about whatever, when Bill picks a number from 1 to 10 each week for that one. That's all there is to it. So here we go. Your question number one this week, Bill. As we discussed, the Daytona well, 500. I have to pick a number, right? Not yet. I have to pick a number. Not yet. That's oh, part two. Right. 
That's part two. Okay. Question one, the Daytona 500 took place over the President's Day weekend, which we talked about. Denny Hamlin, the winner. Ryan Newman, back on his feet again. Great to see. I want to ask you, though, having lived down in Florida much of the last two decades, did you acquire more of a taste for NASCAR? Uh, actually, I've been to the Daytona 500, and I've been to the 4th of July, what used to be the 4th of July, the Firecracker 400. Uh, I've been to both of those, and uh, but the very first race I ever went to was at Charlotte Motor Speedway back in uh, 1982-ish, mm-hmm. with Cal Yarborough being the winner. So I, I, I kind of got a little bug way back then, and uh, but... Being in, in Florida and the Daytona 500 for kind of being the Super Bowl, hmm. and because it's in February and not a whole lot of other sports going on, it, it's certainly a big event. Well, there you go. All right, for your second question, Bill, you picked number one last week, so now you can pick a number from two to ten. Uh, well, five will always love you, so let's go there. <laughs> number five, let's see what that is. Oh, here we go. Where have you not yet visited, Bill, a city or state or foreign country that you'd really like to get to? City, state, or foreign country? Um, who, gee whiz, that I haven't been to? I will go with Alaska. Wow. I will go with Alaska. Did not I expect actually, the last time. Well, the last time we went to Hawaii, we've been there several times and love it. And I wanted to go to Alaska, and I got this look where somebody's head was spinning in circles. Like, why would I go there? It's cold when I can go to Hawaii kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, but I've heard nothing but great things about Alaska and how beautiful it is. And uh, somewhere along the line, I think I'd like to do that. And maybe you can meet up with Sarah Palin while you're there. <laughs> um, that's not on my bucket list, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Carry on, Bill. <laughs> All right. Well, Jet, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Sixers before we get our next guest, uh, D-Lineham, with us. But uh, they're coming back out of the playoffs, or out of the playoffs, out of the All-Star week uh, and with tonight against Brooklyn. But, hey, I wanted to ask you about the All-Star game. I didn't see it, but I heard it was actually kind of exciting and that the fourth quarter of that game was pretty neat. Tell me. You know, I watched uh, the first quarter. As we discussed last week, they did it differently, uh, something to do with Kobe Bryant. They did three separate little mini games. They were the first three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, there was like this target score. You had to get 24 beyond whatever. And it did go down to the wire. And uh, I guess I guess it was pretty exciting. I actually only watched part of the first quarter and a half and then I saw the very end when it did end I also saw a lot of the pregame stuff but yeah I did like the new format and apparently a lot of fans liked it as well ratings were actually up a bit this year I think ratings were up eight percent over last year so fans seemed to enjoy it maybe much of that was just for the whole pregame stuff where they honored Kobe Bryant and you know recognized David Stern who passed on New Year's Day as well but uh, you know it's still just an all-star game a lot of crazy stuff going on but I enjoyed what I saw I'll say that no, very good. I like I say I I wasn't watching it, um, but but I did hear nothing but good comments about the fourth quarter and that they were actually playing hard and uh, you know that's what people want to see the, the, the super talent we know is there but we don't want to see everybody just playing offense and apparently they were playing defense and they were actually uh, trying to play. Yeah, and uh, the pregame stuff was pretty cool too. Magic Johnson part of it and uh, the rapper Common did a nice job also. Not doing a nice job 
Chaka Khan doing the national anthem. I was not a fan of her version. Not at all. So much worse than Demi Lovato, who did a great job at the Super Bowl. Chaka Khan, going to have to give her uh, a C-minus for her effort. Well, I, I had heard that wasn't too good either. Uh, but and, and actually had a chance to listen to it and didn't. Yeah, just trying <laughs> to show off. Sh- trying to show off a little too much. It didn't work for me. And, Bill, before our next guest joins us, uh, the awesome D-Line, and by the way, I want to again encourage our listeners to spread the word for us. We have, we think, a real good show, and we want more folks to check us out. So not sure how you're listening to us out there right now, but we are available on about – 10 different uh, venues. You can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts. Remember, it's not iTunes anymore. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Call Philly Philly Pressbox Radio Roundtable. We're also on Stitcher, Bullhorn, Player FM, Spotify, and the TuneIn app. And I discovered you can also find us now on Google Podcasts, which is what they are calling it on Google. So check us out however you want to do it every week because we got a lot of great stuff coming your way. And, Bill, can you believe we've been doing this now for almost six years and 275 shows? <laughs> That's what I was just going to say to you. You know, we're, we're, uh, there's a lot of good podcasts out there, and podcasts have taken over the world kind of. But uh, I, I kind of look at us a little bit as survivors with 275th show. And we started this thing out as a fun thing, and uh, and it's still fun. And that's why we still do it. And uh, and we certainly appreciate everybody that does listen in there every week. And uh, and we wanted to grow a little bit more if we can. But uh, it's been a blast. And 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 two hundred. It sure doesn't sound like feel like two hundred and seventy five Wednesdays. No, it doesn't. And uh, I never thought it would last this long. Not that I didn't think I'd enjoy working with you, but uh, you know, six years is a long time for anything, let alone a weekly podcast when there's so much competition out there. But, hey, let's talk some basketball. We are going to talk basketball, and we're excited to have our Sixers insider, D-Line. I'm back to get us straightened out on this bunch. Chet, we had an all-star break love fest between Joel and Ben, leading us to believe the elephant in the room that we talked to Keith Pompey about last week. It's just more about media and fans. is not for real. Let's get that from D, and let's find out what's really going on. Hey, D. <laughs> No Hi pressure, guys. D. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, no yes. pressure. No pressure. Well, D, all is well, they tell us now, between uh, you know, Joel and Ben. We'll, hopefully that will be the case. First things first, though, for you, if I'm not mistaken, this is your birthday eve, so happy birthday. We seem to have you on with us every year right around your birthday, and we appreciate you taking the time for us. <laughs> it is true. I told my <laughs> sons um, I'd like to have like a birthday week. You know, the older you get, the oh, yeah. longer you want to celebrate it. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't accomplish that this year, but uh, I did meet them for the first time. I went to the New Four Seasons, Ooh. which is an unbelievable view of the city, and we met for lunch up there. So that was totally, totally where, cool. Where is the Four Seasons in Philly? Nineteenth and Arch. Ah, okay. So it's it's actually atop the new Comcast building. Aha. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So you take an elevator to the 60th floor. And Whoa. I will tell you, it was a little disconcerting for me <laughs> because it's a glass elevator. So oh. you see the whole thing going up and going down. Yes. That is pretty um, cool. But it was really an amazing, amazing place. Awesome. Well, enjoy it. Enjoy your birthday week. Stretch it out as long as you can. 
And D, as we speak, the, the Sixers are the fifth seed in the East. Now, given their road struggles, can they get to the third or fourth spot and improve their chances of advancing in the playoffs? They got a couple of new guys now. Can they do this? Uh, they certainly can. The fourth is an obvious because that's only a game and a half. Um, Boston at the third is four and a half. But if you equal records, they win the tiebreaker because they won that season series 3-1. Um, they do have the second easiest. And, you know, I, I always hate when people put out it's the second easiest schedule after the All-Star break because you're saying, you know, basing it on teams that are below 500 or have one on the road and right. that kind of stuff. Uh, they have 13 road games and 14 home games. So, you know, if you go percentage-wise of what they have done respectively in those two cases, you'd like them, you know, I said to somebody, if you say 10-3 and three on the road to close it out, I mean, why would I do that? They haven't shown me that they can be that. But 10-3 and three still only makes them a 19-win road record, which is below 500. So that's 10-3. and three. Um, I don't know that for me personally, as a group, I think I would want just knowing that they added, as you guys mentioned, the two guys, uh, Glenn Robinson, the third and Alex Burks, how you put them in, uh, do you continue to bring Al Horford off the bench and you need to settle in on who that fifth starter is. I don't, I don't like making it match up to match up game to game. So I would concentrate more if I were Brett Brown and, and that group on, look, we're a different group. If we can play like we played like the Clippers over a consistent stretch of time, then we will be a formidable opponent in the postseason. That's how, that's what I would concentrate on because you got to give up this other stuff. I mean, you know, you you kind of did what you did through the first 55 games. And the uniqueness of them is that they are incredibly talented. But figuring out, out how to work together is the most important thing. Ah, uh, and that brings us to the Ben Joel Love Fest. Uh, what, what do you make of it? Do, do, are, are we... Are we seeing something that's real, or is it more of a little bit of a media thing? And what what do you make of it? Um, well, I had actually said before the actual All Star Game, where you see, you know, the selfie with Ben's sister and the, you know, Pat during the game, all that stuff. But I had said there are three people, maybe four, but I would say Brett, Joel, and Ben are on the hook. Neither of the three of them, any of the three of them, they don't look good right now. You know, you've had plenty of time to do this, and you all look in some way, shape, or form a little bit selfish. And Mm -hmm. whether it's Brett because not demanding what is necessary out of these people, and whether it's Ben, I'm an all-star, and refusing to do one thing Hmm. that does make a difference. Now, I will say... I do think his game has grown this year, and I don't believe Joel, his game has not grown. So, um, but that said, it's still being selfish, and it's selfish on Joel's part because he wants to say, 
it's the system that makes him not want to go get in the low post. No, it's not. It's because you're out of shape, and it's hard work to do what is necessary. So, to me, I, I say, what is wrong with asking, you know, the one one outside shot? I don't even need it to be a three-pointer, and quite frankly, I don't even need – I need him to be willing to pull up for a jumper. But more importantly, and he has done this, Ben – is getting to the line. And it's almost for seven free throw attempts over the last uh, January and February is 6.7. But before that, it was 3.4. So he's almost doubled. And the percentage is still below 70. I don't care about that. I just need you to be willing to get fouled and willing to go to that line. On the same page, I say end-to-end right? Early post-up. If you ask Joe to do it five times in one game where you run the floor, he did it once in the Clipper game. And I said, I think it's the first time I've seen him run end to end in, in more than a year. So is asking for five early post-up, is that, is that horrible? Because I guarantee he's going to score on every one of those because he's too dominant a player, a defense that is not set, and, you know, he's on the block. It's a no-brainer to me. So, to me, those three have been selfish in not demanding of each other to do better. Mm-hmm. Well, D, I do like what Brett did right before the All-Star break. I guess the Clippers game, he moved Horford to the bench and started Korkmaz. Yep. Are we going to see more of Korkmaz as a starter, or is it going to be Glenn Robinson the third going forward? What do you think? I honestly don't know. I will say this, everybody, because – Korkmaz put up a, you know, a donut in that game that they think, oh, my gosh, he's not going to be the one. And he Brett started Robinson the third for the second half of that game. What I will say, don't, don't look at it as starting Korkmaz was a failure because what he, he, he made the Clippers come out and guard him, which opened things up for Joel had a lot of post-ups in that first quarter. Tobias had a huge first quarter. So Korkma's presence did its job, and he had scored 34 and 31 in the two previous games. If he goes with Glenn Robinson the third, so be it. And quite frankly, uh, Alex Burks, you know, he started all his games for Golden State. You could go in that direction. He actually was the better three-point shooter of him and Robinson the third. So uh, the only thing with Alex Burks, is he didn't seem too happy to be here. And I don't know if that will impact uh, how he tries to earn his minutes. Hmm. Mm, that's not good. But, well, hey, AD, we just we had Brian Proppel on earlier talking flyers, and uh, we, we have the same situation with the Sixers as far as not being very successful on the road. 9-19 uh, on the road, 25-2 at home. Um, how's this team get out of this phone? Uh, we asked Brian the same thing because the Flyers are in the same situation. Very similar. But in the <laughs> Flyers' case, uh, Carter Hart's numbers on the road when your goalie is so drastically different home and away, uh, I think a lot that that's, that's one valuable person that you have to see what can you do for that individual. I think with the Sixers, the one thing that people forget, they actually won on the road last year in Brooklyn and they won in Toronto. So it's not like 
and I think it's a a little bit um, they know that like Joel and Ben know that they won in the playoffs last year on the road, and I think that gives them kind of like well this is happening right now, but it's not going to happen then, and I don't particularly care for that attitude, but I do no. think they think that way. That's not a switch. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. You can't flip the switch, right? I, yeah. I guarantee you that's the way they, they look at it. They yeah. say, we, we know how to win on the road. We did it last year. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, do we know that Brett Brown's future yeah. will almost certainly be decided by what happens in the postseason. Any chance he's back if they don't win a couple of series at the very least? I think similar because if you go back to last year, everybody thought if he didn't come out of the second round, he was going to be gone. But because it was a four-bouncer in a game seven on the road, <laughs> you know, the whole thing changed. Um, I think that same kind of scenario could happen again because they're going to they have to play good teams right out of the gate. And part of it is putting themselves in this predicament. But, you know, Miami's no pushover. And none of them, none of their opponents would be a shoe-in for the opponent to win the series. I think anybody they play, they have absolutely the capability of beating any of those teams in the East in a seven-game series. But, you know, it also goes the other way. I think anybody could beat them as well. Uh, well, when I say that, I, I don't think the lower, you know, it, it, the bottom two, I don't think. Indiana, I'll give them, they would give them a fight if somehow they had to face them. Uh, Miami, to me, Boston and Toronto, they're all legit. And Milwaukee is who Milwaukee is. The one good thing for the Sixers, Milwaukee's the best, and I think that the Sixers actually match up best with Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> hey, D, you've been doing this a long time. Have you ever been around a team – it just seems so inconsistent. You know, win two, lose four, win two, lose two, uh, win four, lose right. three. You know, how? I, I, there's just every night you just have no idea what you're going to get. Well, I would say this. One thing, when I covered the Iverson years, Iverson didn't shoot necessarily great percentages all the time, but he was pretty consistent in scoring and getting to the foul line, and I was pretty sure I knew what I was going to see on every given night. I can honestly tell you, I never know what you're going to get out of Ben, and I never know what you're going to get out of Joel. It's, yep. it's not a given, and some may say, well, it's almost a given that Joel gives you 20 and 10. It is statistically, but not impactful. Like, Iverson always was impactful, even if you were losing he was impactful in the, you know, trying to make his team be a winning team. And I just feel like now I, I would say over from January, whatever date till now, I think Ben has been a different player and I'll give him credit for doing that. And he's definitely, um, there's an assertiveness to him that is greater. Now the, the end of the day, when you get to the postseason, if he refuses to, be able to pull up for a jumper, and I have no reason to think that he will, I think he is going to hurt his team, and there's no hiding from that. He's going to hurt his team. It becomes half-court game more than it is 
uh, out in the open floor, and, you know, he's done nothing to prepare himself for being in the same situation as he was a year ago. Dean, last last question from me. Uh, I'm obligated to ask, who meets in the NBA Finals this spring? Uh, If I were a betting person, and I'm not, I'm going to say Clippers-Milwaukee. Sounds Clippers, Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, Dave, before we let you go, uh, you still have a thousand things going on in your life, I'm sure, and trying to squeeze a birthday in. Um, <laughs> where can people listen to you and, uh, and get all your information on what you've got going on? So I still do the uh, Sixers G League games, the Blue Coats, um, and they're actually having a great season and I'm hopeful that they will make the playoffs for the first time in their franchise history, um, which has been really fun. And just for people who, you know, Norvell Pell has now gotten a contract, and he's with the Sixers, and he was excellent. I think he was the runner-up defensive player of the year a year ago. And now they have this guy, Chris Kamaji, who is 7'5", and leading that league in block shots, and is so fun to watch. And Mariel Shayok is is great, too. So just for people, if you like basketball, I invite them to go check it out. It's a really reasonable, you know, you can go for 10 bucks, and it's good basketball. So I do those games. I call college games. And I on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I'm on 97.5 The Fanatic, which I love doing, and I love being able to have conversations with people and fans of, of this city. Fantastic. Thank and you. We enjoy and we enjoy having you. Thank you. I am right. being on. All right. Well we appreciate you taking the time, Dave. Happy birthday. Enjoy uh enjoy the time with the family. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care, Dave. Have a great night, you guys. Bye bye. All right, let's do it again. Hey Chet, did you know that fifty six percent of Americans have no idea how much they'll need to retire? If that sounds like you, you need to talk to Dave LaVoy from Allstate and Westchester PA. Yes, sir. The same person you count on to help protect you can also help you set a reasonable retirement goal and then show you the right financial solutions to help get you there. A good plan and a good life starts with someone you trust. Call Allstate agent Dave Lavoy in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700 and start planning for your retirement today. Again, the number is 610-430-0700. And Bill, here on February 19th, we say happy 80th birthday to the great Smokey Robinson. That's a classic right there, that's for sure. Motown. Wait, Chet, let's talk a little Eagles. The Eagles decided paying out Nigel Branham. $5 million or so was better than having him with a $9 million cap hit. Uh, you know, I've always been concerned with the linebackers. Now they've released their best. Uh, they got holes. Well, look, I don't know if he was their best this past season. He certainly helped them in the Super Bowl year. But while I can't say that I, I study the linebacker play every game, the guys who do say he really only had two or three good games this past season. I don't know if that's true, but... It's not a shock to me that they let him go, given the money. I mean, he's 30 years old now and probably not worth the $8 million I think they would have had to pay him if they kept him. So, yeah, they are thin there right now. Nate Geary will be back, as will TJ Edwards, whom they like. Geary actually had a much better year than most people thought he would. Not sure if Camus Grugier-Hill will return. We'll see. 
So they'll almost certainly add to that position through the draft or free agency. But yeah, they are quite thin right now. Yeah, well, and and I will say this, and I think I actually said it uh, the week of the Dolphins game when they lost that game, that Bradham came back and he was just limping around the field trying to get back on the field. I I believe he played the whole season hurt, uh, but they all do. So that's certainly not an excuse, but um, he still was their best linebacker, I think, overall. And, uh, you know, now you've got that position, you've got the the defensive backfield, you've got to do some – some work with and you certainly have to deal with the wide receivers so um there better be free agents you're not going to plug all those holes in a big way in the draft and we still have to see what's going to happen with malcolm jenkins who says he's not going to come back under his current contract which has one year left so they got to deal with that now jenkins of course is an older guy but he did have a real good second half of the season this past year so i'd like to see them work something out where jenkins comes back but uh who knows who knows well, yeah, I mean, it's a real tough situation because you can't overpay him. But more importantly, you can't overyear him. You know what I mean? Right. They could they could probably give him more money. They can't get him locked into years where he can't help them. So uh, that's where that's where the sticky situation is. Overpay him if you need to. Just don't put three, four years out there or you got a real problem. Yeah, extend him for a second year maybe, but that's it. I mean, you're not going to give him anything beyond that. So uh, Howie's right. got some work to do. Yeah. Well, hey, I saw something today, Jet, and I don't know that this is true or not, but it came from a pretty reliable source, that there is a default clause that may let the Eagles cut Alshon Jeffrey. Um mm. But what, but what would happen is that the, the default violation basically is engaging in hazardous activity or making any public comment that criticizes the team. The Eagles would have to prove that Jeffrey was the one criticizing the team on those random locker room conversations that were coming out. Um, if they could do that, they could void the contract. Now, that would be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And I don't think he's going to be back, uh, just given the fact that there seems to be some bad blood there. So I don't think he's going to be back. And, of course, there was also talk that Nelson Aguilar might not be back. And then, you know, you got the big hole at wide receiver again, too. So you know they're going to draft a wide receiver either in the first or second round this year. But they'll be thin there, too, if they don't bring those guys back. So that's that's an issue. So once again, it's going to be another interesting offseason for the Eagles. And you hear Amari Cooper's name being mentioned. Yeah, he's a cowboy, but I'd take Amari Cooper for two years, wouldn't you? I don't know. I no? don't know. There's a reason There's a reason that they're passing him around like a hot potato, and it doesn't probably have much to do with what's going on on the field. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure he's the uh, – He's the character kind of guy we're looking for, but he can play, um, which is what we need, but he can't come be a disruption and, and be a diva. We don't do divas in Philly. No, we don't. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Chet, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to rent out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1-21. in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Raz Room. That's right, PPCC118 
118 Raz Room on Facebook. Raz. Raz. Hey, Chet, great guests again tonight with Proper and D, both fantastic, for show number 275. Who is coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week for number 276? Well, Bill, just firm this one up about a half hour before this week's show. Next week, we're going to talk Phillies baseball with a guy who's down in Florida right now, Clearwater, but he'll be back in Philly, he said, next week, and he's going to find some time for us. Inquirer.com, Phillies beat writer Bob Brookover will join us. So uh, number 276, Bob Brookover here with us live next week. Very good, very good. That'll be great. Hey, and Speaking of Clearwater, speaking of the Phillies, Chet, a lot of positive vibes coming out of Clearwater these first few days of the Joe Girardi era. Well, yeah, but that's probably the case in almost every spring training camp in February, positive vibes. Let's see how we're feeling in April and May, Bill. Hopefully we'll still be feeling good about the team. Well, you know, and uh, we all know about the pitching, Jeff, but the, the article about Aaron Nola that came out about uh, Chris Young and the, and the pitching yeah. philosophy uh, read, read mountains to me, if that's the right way to put it. Uh, you know, if the pitchers aren't believing in what the coach is wanting them to do, that, that's trouble, and it certainly was. Yeah, uh, apparently there was some dissatisfaction with the pitching coach, so let's hope the new guy – is that Brian Price? Is he the new pitching coach? Is that his name? Uh, yeah, right. Hopefully everybody feels better about him. And, of course, you know Girardi seems to be a likable guy, and the players are going to take to him, hopefully. So hopefully that will make a difference. I just don't want to have to hear you know Velasquez and Pavetta again as a, a number 5 starter, but it looks like we're going to at least to start the season. Well, and, and, you know, maybe they can be adequate big league pitchers under the right direction. So, you know, I think a fresh start certainly is good. And, uh, you know, from what we're reading, it's it certainly needed. And, and, you know, even Jake Arrieta had a few things to say about it as well. And, hey, if, uh, if it helps him, you know, it means wins. And he's another key to the season, Jake Arietta. Uh, you know, he can't go through what he did last year. I know he's getting up there in age. He's had the injury problems. He says he's healthy now. So hopefully he can, you know, give them 12 wins this year. I have my doubts, but we'll see. Yeah, and obviously very early in the uh, in the spring for the regular players, everyday players to be in town. Uh, but it started out with Segura at third and Kingry at second. So... We'll see how that plays out through the spring. Yeah, and I think they would both like to have a set position, you know, by opening day, certainly. I know Segura said he wants to uh, be told exactly where he's going to be, and I'm sure Kingery would love to have a set position at some point in his career, which he hasn't had yet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and, uh, you know, there's always everybody's always excited this time of year, like you said, and uh, – why not? We need it. We need a good summer to go with uh, some playoff hockey and playoff basketball. Yeah, let's hope. All right. Well, how about a parting shot for you tonight? Time is flying tonight with these great guests. Uh, well, a few random thoughts, Bill. We talked with Scott Fransky about the prospect of adding more teams to the baseball playoffs in future years. I really hope that doesn't happen. If it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. One thing that could use fixing, the baseball cheating scandal. Let's face facts. The commission did not do a great job with that this offseason, and the Astros' so-called apology was a joke. Going to be real interesting to see how the Strohs are treated in visiting ballparks this season. 
And Bill, this is not sports related at all, but I had never heard this before. This time of year is apparently mating season for snakes down in Florida. And last week, visitors to the Lake Hollingsworth, a small lake in central Florida, reported seeing so many coiled piles of reptilian romance on the shore. It was sort of a snake orgy, they said, that the local parks and recreation department had to cordon off parts of the lake and post a warning on Facebook saying, it appears that the snakes have congregated for mating. They are non-venomous and generally not aggressive as long as people do not disturb them. Once the mating is over, they should go their separate ways. A snake orgy, Bill. It's funny that you said that, Jet, because Lake Hollingsworth is in the center of Lakeland, Florida. Oh, really? That that is the lake where everybody (laughs) that wants to be physically fit uh, goes and walks and runs the lake. It's about three miles, two miles around. Uh, everybody parks, walks that lake, and it's uh, right down there at Florida Southern College is right there. And, uh, yeah, it's in downtown Lakeland. It's funny that you said that. It's the Lakeland Parks <laughs> and Recreation Department that, uh, that put the squeeze to it. Well, there you uh, go. For a good time, go check out a snake orgy down in Lakeland. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, uh, you know, I lived there a long time, and uh, I never saw one of those, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> Wrap it up, Bill. Wrap it up. All right. We have reached the top of the hour. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Brian Propp and D. Lynham. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February 26th at 7 p.m. You can listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressbox, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, Bullhorn, and a whole bunch of others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. It's easy to do it.